welcome and hello. I'm your host, Nicola Fulstow, and today we are talking about willpower. Oh, willpower. It's such a hot topic all the time in the people who I work with, the women I work with, because we're always looking to have more willpower. There is one thing I think that you need to have on a consistent basis if you're looking to create change in your life, and that is willpower. So either willpower to get up and do something or willpower to resist something that you know is bad for you. So willpower is really, at its very essence, the ability to resist short-term temptation in order to meet a longer-term goal. That's essentially what willpower is. You're almost trying to delay or avoid short-term pleasure because you know that long-term it'll cause you pain. So like I say, whether that's getting up to do something like go to the gym or stopping yourself from doing something like eating the piece of chocolate fudge cake. There are two theories about willpower. The first is that willpower can be fatigued, that it's finite, that there's a certain limit to it. That theory suggests that once your stores of willpower have been depleted, then your willpower no longer can help you out. It runs out. That's the first theory. So for example, you might have had a long, stressful, demanding day and you've had to use up a lot of willpower. So you might have had to like keep your temper with your kids because they've been pushing your buttons and then you've got to work and had to deal with a really stressful situation um, and you're under deadline for something else and, you know, the pressure's built and you get home and rather than cook the dinner that you'd planned, you get a takeaway. So this first theory is very much that you know, you've used up your willpower that day and therefore any demands that come into your day that, that require more willpower to stay on track means that you, you don't stick to what you originally had planned. And then there's the non-limited theory, a theory that suggests that willpower is actually infinite, that like the muscles that we have in our body, the more you work it, the stronger it becomes. So this theory suggests that the more, for example, you resist the chocolate fudge cake, um, the stronger that muscle gets around the chocolate fudge cake to the point where then you no longer really need as much willpower in order to resist the chocolate fudge cake. So there's two theories there. Limited theory, so that it's finite, there's only a certain amount and you've only got a certain amount of it or non-limited theory, which means that it's like a muscle and you need to work it and get it in gear every day in order to build it. Over the years, research uh, more into the area of willpower is really showing that it's actually more about your beliefs around willpower that's important. So whether you buy into the theory that I've used all my willpower up today, therefore I'm having the chocolate fudge cake, or whether you believe that if I can just resist the chocolate fudge cake today, then hopefully I won't want it tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So it, it's more about which theory you buy into, which is interesting. So I think it's really important when we're talking about, you know, utilising willpower to investigate what theory you're subscribing to, really. I often hear a lot um, 
people saying, oh, I just don't have the willpower. I don't have the willpower. I don't know how you do it. I don't have the willpower. And I've heard this a lot over the last year or so because I've actually given up alcohol. And this is something that honestly, I never, ever, ever thought I would achieve. So I'm 42 years old and I remember the day after my 30th birthday, I wrote down, I've still got the journal now, and I wrote down, I I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. And I 100% guarantee you that within a week I had another drink. You know, I, at the time when I was 30, believed that, you know, I really needed to use willpower to resist the temptation to have a drink. This is called, in the field of research about willpower, this is apparently called effortful willpower. So this is all about actively trying to block your urges and temptations and, you know, resist. It's it's that something that has a pull over you that is pulling you towards it and you're trying to dig your heels in to resist being pulled towards it. So it's, it's actually really, really hard to have effortful willpower. It's really, really hard. And I spent a good 10 years of my life from the age of 30 to 40 trying to have effortful willpower around not having a drink. Whereas the last two years have been a bit different as I've worked on building what in the field they call effortless willpower. And this is all really about building your resolve. It's about motivating yourself in a different way where you're able to be very, very clear about what you're trying to achieve. You're extremely clear on why it's important to you and you're prepared for the temptations, you understand your triggers, you understand your moments of weakness and you've analysed them all and you then start to make adjustments in your life to deal with all that. And that is the strategy I have used over the last couple of years to firstly really reduce the amount of alcohol I was having and then to give up completely. And it's always really interesting, you know, when you tell people you've given up alcohol, like I could tell people I'd given up sugar and no one bats an eyelid. They think, oh, that that's great. But no one thinks when you say you've given up sugar that you were literally just like shoveling spoonfuls of sugar into your mouth morning, noon and night. But when you tell people you've given up alcohol, people automatically assume that you had a problem with, with alcohol. And my problem was that I wanted one. I wanted a drink, not every day, not every week, but the times where it got into my head, I wanted one. And once that thought had come into my head, I couldn't get rid of it. And for me, alcohol made me feel tired. It made me feel grumpy. I didn't have any energy the next day. Sometimes it gave me a headache. If I drank like anywhere near a little bit too much. I didn't even have to be drunk, but I would be violently sick the next day. Like it wasn't good for me. So, and it wasn't part of the person who I wanted to become. This vision that I had of myself, alcohol for me was not a part of it. For you, it could be something else. It could be that, you know, you want to lose weight. And in order to do that, you know, you eat a chocolate brownie every day and you might want to give up the chocolate brownie or it can be any range of things, but I'm, I'm simply going to use alcohol for mine today as an example, because it was a whole process of building 
willpower and understanding willpower that helped me to change my behavior around it. Because for me, I always knew that the willpower had to be around having the first drink. Because once I had the first drink, I guarantee I was having another one. I didn't see the point in having just one and and I couldn't have just one. Once I'd had one, my inhibitions were completely lowered and I had another. So all my resolve, if you like, went around not having that first drink and getting through the phase of wanting one in order to get past it. I have found the key to long-term change, long-lasting change is developing what I call this effortless willpower, effortless willpower. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to resisting things, resisting urges, you know, denying yourself things, that's hard work. It's really, really hard because like I say, this thing is pulling you in and you're trying to dig your heels in and it's almost like this gravitational pull that you were trying to resist. It's hard. And all it takes for you is to have a bad day or a stressful day or whatever that may be, some sort of emotional state change in yourself. And you're going to succumb to the temptation. It could just even be as simple as being around other people who are having chocolate brownies. And you're like, well, if you are, then I am. You know, it can be as simple as that, but we all know ourselves and what kicks it off. Whereas effortless willpower is more about this building the vision of who you want to become. Who is that person? And is your behavior in line with the person you want to become? Is it taking you towards that person you want to become or taking you further away from her? And it was really building up my awareness around this that helped me to initially build the willpower. But now I, I don't even want to drink. I never want a drink. It, it doesn't even come into my mind. And if I do, it does come into my mind. It's, it's not something that's appealing anymore. Whereas at one point it was a massive thing in my life. It was, I couldn't imagine going out and not having a drink. I couldn't imagine going for a meal and not having a drink. I couldn't imagine celebrating without a bottle of Prosecco or champagne. I just, just how on earth would you celebrate anything? So it's all about really, really understanding why, understanding your why. And for me, it was very much about alcohol just didn't fit in with the person who I wanted to become. I felt that with alcohol in my life, I wasn't as calm. I didn't have as much energy. I didn't feel like I was the best mum I could be. Once I'd had a drink, I didn't like the fact that I ever did have a drink around my children, you know, like family events and stuff. I just didn't want to be that person anymore. And I didn't like the fact that it had this hold on me that once I'd had one, I would have another one. And by no means was I like, you know, hammered every weekend or, you know, drinking a bottle of wine in the week. It just never happened. But it was more about, I just didn't want it in my life anymore. But the habit, you know, I'd been drinking for 20 years and had an awful lot of positive associations around drinking, you know, times with friends, fun, relaxing, you know, going out, celebrating, all these really strong positive associations with that particular habit in my life. 
So for me, this process of building the willpower, it didn't happen overnight. And I think that's where a lot of us are really hard with ourselves. We make a decision about who we want to become and what we want to do. And we expect our minds and bodies to just literally adapt overnight. And to, and then we get frustrated with ourselves because we have this all or nothing approach. Like I am giving up this or I no longer want that. And it's really, really hard. And then the more you deny yourself, really in the background, the urge, the temptation is building and building and building and building the more you're trying to resist it. So for me, this whole idea of something pulling you in and you're trying to resist it, it's only going to last for so long. So the only way to approach real long lasting change is to understand what this thing is giving you. And for me, for alcohol, it was a state change, you know, it was the feeling that I would be more relaxed, the thought that I would be more relaxed if I had a glass of wine, the thought that I would be more chatty or have more fun or feel more confident or more attractive if I had a glass in my hand. That's what I was trying to get to. So I actually decided to give up drinking, like I say, 12, well, actually 10 years before I actually made a proper move to give it up. And over those 10 years, I started to become really, really aware of how drinking made me feel. So, you know, if I ever had a hangover, I would, during that hangover, be thinking about drinking the drink I had that gave me the hangover. I would consciously do that to really repel myself against that thing. You know, so if I drank a few glasses of Prosecco and I had a headache the next day while I was suffering through that migraine or that headache, I would be thinking about Prosecco to try and really attach negative associations to that thing. And over time it works. I read lots and lots and lots of literature and books around alcohol and what it does to your body. I made it impossible for myself to ignore the negative things that was happening in my body when I drank alcohol. So when I did drink, and this was all before I decided to give it up. So every time I drank, I would start becoming aware of how that was affecting my brain, how that was affecting my body. Not while I was drinking. So I need to make that distinction. While I was drinking, absolutely not. I was loving life and enjoying the drink at the time. But the next day, because the awareness was there, even though I hadn't resisted the temptation of the drink, the next day I had all this awareness of what I'd done to myself. And building on that over time, over years, you know, really started to put me off drinking as much as maybe I had been doing. So I started to like, it, it got far and few between. I started to really, really take notes when I looked in the mirror, how drinking made me look the next day, the differences in my skin, the differences in my body, just how I looked, how I felt, how I acted, how much energy I didn't have. Then on the periods where I wasn't drinking, you know, because sometimes I would go a week or so without having a drink, sometimes a month. And like I say, this was towards like my late thirties. I was starting to have periods, whether it be a week or a month without alcohol at all. And during those periods, and again, I wasn't saying I'm never having a drink. I was saying, I'm going to have a week and not have a drink. And during those periods, I would notice how bright my eyes were how bright my skin was, how I felt more energized, how I'd been more productive, how I just was happier who I was more around my children, how the event that I'd been to without a drink 
had actually been more enjoyable. And I started to really notice these things. Then I started to read lots and lots of books and uh, join forums and groups for people who had given up alcohol and it had changed their life. It had completely changed their life. I started to make my vision more of a reality by looking to see for role models, really, looking at role models who had done the thing I wanted to do, who had been where I was and done what I wanted to do, reading their strategies, what they had done, and and believing that I could do it. And like I say, for me, and everybody's different, people can do this process in a month, in a year. For me, it was a process of like 10 years that I started on my 30th birthday saying I no longer want to do this, but it was, I think it was 40 when I finally made that decision. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, 41. So that is how I built my willpower. It does start as a resisting temptation. And the way you have to do that in the beginning is very much the resisting this pull. It feels like a lot of effort. And the way that's best approached doing that is really understanding your triggers. When are the times that you feel weakest? When are the times that you want that thing the most? What are your habits around this thing that you're trying to give up or get more into? So for example, if it was going to the gym, when do you normally fail to go to the gym? What has happened in your day that makes you think, I'm not going to the gym? How could you set yourself up in a way where it's just done and over before anything else has happened? So for me, with drinking, my triggers were, for example, a Friday after work, you know, around four or five o'clock, I'd really start looking forward to going home and having a drink, having a glass of red while I was cooking the family meal. Now, I might only have another glass after that, but I guarantee you the next day I was tired and had a headache. That was enough for me. But that trigger, while I'm in the moment of starting to cook tea, that urge, that desire to have a glass of red in my hand was so strong that it wasn't enough to say, yeah, but you're going to have a headache the next day, Nick. It wasn't enough to stop me from doing it. So how do you address that? So, But first of all, it's like the awareness. You have to be really aware about the triggers and the times when you want the thing or you, you don't want to do the thing. So the only way that I could beat that trigger was to rearrange things a bit. So I made a tweak to my Fridays. So I asked Simon, my husband, that would he be able to pick up the girls on a Friday and cook dinner for us on a Friday so that when I got home from work, tea was ready on the table and there was a nice drink, soft drink that I enjoyed on the table for me so that the temptation or urge was quickly just brushed past and removed in that moment. Because I found that for me, very specifically, I wanted the glass of wine while I was cooking. Actually, once I sat down to eat or once I was eating my dinner, I no longer really wanted it. It was very much the getting in from work and having a glass while I was cooking dinner. So you have to get really, really specific about your triggers. So another one for me has been sugar in the past. I've got a real bad sweet tooth. And the times that I want something sweet is after I've had a meal. So I'd have my lunch or my dinner and afterwards I would want a chocolate bar. So it's really understanding what fires your triggers. And then for me, replacing those with something else that gets you more towards the person you want to become 
and away from the thing you're trying to get away from. So for me, with the sweet tooth, I address that by having, um, I don't know whether you know them, like Werther's Originals, like they're like a boiled sweet, but they're really, really sweet and you can get sugar-free ones. And what I would do without even thinking is have them buy my plates So I'd have one or two of them by my plate for when I'd finished my meal. And the second I'd finished my meal, if I wanted something sweet, they went in my mouth. And that would remove the urge then to go on and have something else. It was enough. And it helped me to achieve the desired result, which was to stop eating calories through sugar and instead just get past that urge. Because you'll find with willpower, it's about getting through the urge and then you'll find that there comes a time where you think, do you know what? I'm, I'm through it now. I'm past it. Don't want it anymore. So it's about really understanding that moment in time where the urge is at its strongest because after a few minutes, it does pass. So that's the thing to really remember that urges are temporary. And that's really important when you're trying to build your willpower in that initial period. You know, you've got all this in the background going on. You know who you want to become. You understand why you're after the thing you are after. You understand the emotions that you're trying to get. So for me with alcohol, I was always trying to get a change of state, whether I was going from stressed to relaxed, or sometimes it would be to amplify my state. So I was feeling happy. I wanted to celebrate and I was having a drink to sort of amp that up. And with sugar for me, it was more like a physical craving really is the only way I can describe it is that I'd finished my meal and I wanted something sweet. I can't really tell you why, but that's, I knew that you don't really need to understand that sometimes you just need to understand where the trigger is. Because the thing is, what you need to understand about willpower and and what really helped me is that we will do more, humans are just wired to do more to avoid short-term pain than achieve long-term pleasure. So if we talk about the chocolate fudge cake, if you're trying to resist that pull temptation of the chocolate cake, that's painful. That's hard. You know, that's work. Whereas we know we want the long-term pleasure of having abs, but in that moment, it's too painful to avoid that delightful chocolate fudge cake that is just calling our name. So we eat the chocolate fudge cake and then later berate ourselves about eating the chocolate fudge cake because we know that long-term, really, we want the abs. Once you understand that that's how we're wired as humans, it helps you to find workarounds for that because you've got to come at this from two different ways. You've got to understand how you can build that willpower muscle through effortful willpower, which is resisting those initial urges in the beginning, but at the same time be working on effortless willpower by understanding and building your resolve, understanding the reasons why you must change, why it is essential you change, understanding why you are tempted, understanding what is it you're after, what are you trying to achieve with this thing that you need to resist and building new associations, rewiring your brain around that and building new associations, positive associations to not having it and negative associations to having it. So I remember also I I smoked years and years and years and years ago, like when I was a teenager and went to university and, you know, decided I wanted to stop smoking. And I lived with a girl who had had throat cancer and I just felt so awful about that, that 
she had never smoked and had had throat cancer and that I was smoking, there was nothing wrong with me. And that was enough to make me decide this is not, not something I want anymore. At first, the, the initial cravings were difficult, but I used to address those initial cravings by basically, for a while, I would get cigarettes and I would like put them in ketchup and like smear them in ketchup and like do really disgusting things to them to like just make them disgusting to me. But after a while, my resolve was so strong because I felt it was so much of a slap in the face to this friend of mine who had had throat cancer. It, it, it was a really easy thing to give up because I just, you know, it, it just got me at my core. It is really important to understand, obviously, how willpower works, this push and pull effect, and that you need to work on both the effortful willpower and the effortless willpower and believe that, you know, you have to build the muscle for the, the effortful willpower, but also the willpower will no longer be required if you work on the effortless willpower, which is really just changing who you want to become and being quite resolved in that. So another way that I found was really helpful to me was accountability. I told people, I put it out there on social media. I told my family, look, I want to have a period where I'm not drinking alcohol and I find giving this up really, really difficult. And particularly family occasions for me was a big one. Every time we would go around for someone's birthday or Christmas or whatever, that was really difficult for me to resist having a glass of Prosecco. It was a big part of us getting together as a family. We always had a drink together and it was an absolutely huge part for me. And and, and I, in advance of giving it up, I was missing that. I was thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. I want the drink. You know, I actually want it. Even though deep down I knew it's not what I wanted for my future, I thought, I still want the drink. So I basically talked to all my family and sent them this message and said, look, I'm, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do it for like a month. I really need your support. So can we just avoid family get-togethers that revolve around drink for the next 30 days? And instead, could we maybe go for a walk in the forest or do something else just so I can get past this 30-day mark? And I got other people involved. I asked for support. So firstly, it's really important to be accountable by getting other people involved, telling them what you're doing, but also to ask for help, you know, also to ask for that support. So like I asked Simon, could he cook the tea on a Friday? Like I asked my parents and my sister and all my family, you know, look, can we do other things rather than I'm really going to struggle with this? I can tell you now, it's not going to be easy. I need your backing. And you know what? That in itself really helps you with your willpower because A, you've put it out there. Everybody knows what you're trying to do. So it's embarrassing if you fall at the first hurdle. You're making it difficult for yourself to have the thing. But also, you know, it's still connecting you to the people around you. You're still getting that support that, you know, everyone's cheerleading you, everyone's sort of getting behind you. And, you know, I found that, you know, my mom started buying alcohol-free Prosecco and all these different soft drinks for me to try. And, you know, we started experimenting with different drinks at home that were non-alcoholic and just really enjoying that journey. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to set yourself up to win. So in conclusion, that's how you build willpower. The key to building willpower is working on both 
push and pull willpower, both working on effortful willpower, which is resisting that pull temptation, you know, denying yourself something and and making strides to resist, but also whilst always looking to build that effortless willpower, which is really ends up not being willpower at all. It ends up just being a part of who you are. And that's the holy grail, isn't it? That's what we're trying to use all this willpower for in the beginning, to change ourselves so that it just becomes part of us. And effortless willpower, this is your ability to stay motivated, really, to stick to the plan, to stick to your resolve, to to stick to what you said you were going to do, even when you have temptations because you've expected those temptations. You've planned for them temptations. You understand your triggers. You understand the times when you feel weakest and you've made plans and plan Bs and plan Cs and you've got people involved. You've got the support in place. You've made yourself accountable and you keep reminding yourself of why you're doing it. And you keep building on this vision of yourself that you want to become the person who you want to be, that best self that's inside of you, that's looking to grow. You look at it as if I have this thing, will it expand who I am or will it shrink me back down? Will I feel good once I've had it or is it just going to make me feel so frustrated in myself? But by all the time knowing that in those moments of temptation, in that moment, we are driven to avoid the pain, resisting something, resisting the pull temptation, the effortful willpower, that is really difficult to maintain on a consistent basis. When you're living a normal life and things are getting thrown at your left, right and centre, when you feel stressed or you're tired or have had a bad day, that willpower is immensely difficult to maintain, if not impossible. So the only way you're going to get change and long lasting results is by building the effortless willpower, is by avoiding the triggers in the first place and avoiding the moments of temptation and finding other things to replace them in the moment. So for me, with that Friday night drink, it was that instead I started to really look forward to that lovely time around the dinner table where my husband had cooked and I just really enjoyed coming in to seeing my family sat around that table waiting for me to come in to eat my dinner and being able to connect with them properly about my day and about their day and to find out, really talk and find out what had really happened and connect in that moment rather than simply having a glass of red wine before I've even sat down to eat, then not really enjoying my meal or being conscious of what I was really eating because I was more on for the second glass of wine at that point and too tired then to really be bothered, you know, putting the kids to bed in a way that I felt truly connected to that moment. So that's what you need to work on, building both your effortful willpower and your effortless willpower at the same time, not putting those time pressures on yourself. And at the end of the day, when you do trip, when you do stumble, when you do fall, when you do succumb to the temptation, to just give yourself grace. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're starting this journey knowing it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to do anything 100%. You know that at times you're going to mess up. You know that at times you might fail, but you're deciding in this moment 
that you're expecting those things to happen and you're deciding what you're going to do when they happen. You're going to learn from them. You're going to grow through them. You're going to decide to say, hey, I messed up last night. I messed up yesterday or I just ate the fudge cake. But you know what? It's made me feel awful. And you know what? I'm not going to have it tomorrow. I'm definitely not going to have it tomorrow. It's taking me further and further away from my goal. And last week when I didn't have the fudge cake, I felt great. And it's about that. It's building. It's building. It's progress. Remember, as I always say, it's progress, not perfection. I hope that's really helped you guys today when it comes to willpower. If you have been struggling to maintain your efforts when it comes to resisting something or embarking on a new positive habit. So I really hope that's helped today. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.